All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. Don Schreiber, how you doing today? Doing great. I get to do Bull Bear Radio, one of my favorite things in the week to do. Uh, Don Schreiber coming in strong here this week. He must be well caffeinated. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff this week. I'm working on my Bull Bear blend. Dude, Dow 26,000. You know, we'll see if we can get there. You know, we've had some economic advisors quit. We've had Trump tariffs. We We got fundamentals going bonkers around the world. Buybacks. We've got so much to talk about on Bull Bear Radio here this week yet again. So big question for you, Don, just to kick off off the show here dow 26000 can it happen this month absolutely i think it's going to happen this month i think if we can get some of this negative overtone geopolitical and otherwise well hey you know dude some good stuff's happened dude, we even have dude, an appointment kim jong un wrote north wrote, korea yeah I mean, he on. wrote he wrote stinking donald trump a love letter over over this past week it was incredible I they want to meet it was a love letter they're going to get together but, you know, Hey, They're going to get together, man, before May. They have a, they have a date. They're going to have a little spring fling. They're going to have a date. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Well, and, and who would have thunk it? Who, who would have thunk, thunk it, it, man? Who would have thunk it? So Dow 26,000, about a 5% move. You think it's possible. I do, too. I think Dow 26,000 is going to happen this month. You know why? I think the negative overtone is gone. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. We'll, we'll hit some of that. But look, jobs, 313,000. New jobs. I mean, this is incredible, right? That's a big number, man. It's really strong. Holy moly. Yeah, well, uh, you know. And we, you know what else? It. What? We didn't have wage inflation. Yeah. So you get a strong number like that and you get wage inflation on top of it. The Fed freaks out. Market freaks out. Well, the market goes did freak toilet, out last time. But we didn't get that. The, the, we the, got, we, we, we're up a tenth month, uh, quarter over quarter. The month market, over month, I mean. The market went bananas over, over you know, the wage increase last time. This time, down a little bit in terms of pace. Um, so that should give the, the Fed, you know, uh, some calm. They shouldn't go nuts here, right? I think the Fed's going to stay quiet for a while. Well, that's that could be a good thing here. A little a little quiet. It could be a little sense of calm here for the markets with all that's going on. We've averaged 242,000 new jobs over the last three months, which is incredible. Um, Unbelievable number. Can it, you believe that? This late in the economic cycle, the job cycle, we still are printing 242,000 jobs. Who says you can't create well, we jobs had a, in America? We had about 60,000 construction jobs, 50,000 professional jobs, and the, and the strong number, 31,000 new manufacturing jobs. Awesome. But you know that those construction jobs, we could we could double that number yeah, if we could get we, some infrastructure we surely could spending. If we could, get we some could infrastructure triple that spending. number if yep. we get some infrastructure spending. And look, man, the the number of potholes on my road, I mean it's insane. 
I mean, I this morning I almost lost my truck trying to get you Don't know fall turn the into corner, a pothole, dude. Okay. I mean, some of these we, we got to fix this infrastructure. It's a problem. It's like a man. crater, you know. They're craters. We we had a nor'easter, man. Telephone poles snapping in half. You know, you would think you could put some of this underground. You know, under the road these days, um, and uh, you know, uh, take this thing uh, a little bit more higher tech. But anyway, hey, look, labor participation sixty three percent. Wouldn't you think we 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 should be up more around 70 percent is is it just because there's a little gap between you know where the economy's at uh some of the uh older folks that have been coming in the marketplace aren't trained up enough to to handle some of these jobs and then you got the millennials surely but slowly kind of creeping in is that about right is that why we're not at 70 percent yet it's just kind of where we're at with this this labor force Hey, think Turn about 313,000 jobs, and the millennials are are coming into the workforce about, a, on average, 150,000 a month. Where, you know, the, the extra uh, uh, folks, that extra 115, 100 and, 150, 160,000 jobs are coming from someplace. It's really coming from a blend of uh, a number of different places older people returning to the workforce after the retiring, you know, and people who are have been out of work or in um, uh, part-time work or something like are, that, yeah. are getting, you know, uh, jobs. And you saw it right there with manufacturing construction. These are, you know, smaller numbers at the margin, but they're producing some really strong results. These are, this is really good news. Yeah. So let's, let's turn to the other side of the globe. I mean, Japan's had some good news lately, which has been a surprise. Seems like their economy's picked up a little bit from the most recent numbers. Is, is that they, what you were reading? Yeah, Japan had a, a surprise, 1.6% um, annualized increase in GDP in the most recent uh, report. That's almost double where they were before. Wow, that's, that's a really good. strong number. That's yeah, great. That's good. That's good. And and they've had, uh, obviously, accommodative monetary policy for like, I don't know, the last century or so. So <laughs> finally, they're getting some growth. Well, they, they, they have QE to do infinity. But, you know, with <laughs> yep. the strong jobs, with I mean, with the strong um, – uh, GDP number that they just had. They're talking about maybe slowing down that monetary accommodation. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about trying to wean their economy off. You know the uh, uh, stimulus. Yeah. Well, let's shift from the Far East here a little bit more towards Europe. And Europe, on the other hand, has a growth problem. They've yep. got none. You know, global synchronization. Uh, global growth synchronization looks really good until you start to peel back the onion a little bit. And certainly the Eurozone is struggling to find a lot of growth, any meaningful kind of growth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the the tariffs on uh, U.S. autos to Europe is really high. Uh, you know, obviously, Trump's been talking about, hey, well, if you're going to tax our autos, you know, in, in terms of tariffs, and then we're going to do it to you. So, um, you know, the tariff situation uh, has gotten a little bit ugly over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, trade wars and such. Is, is Has there been a, a thawing of, of this, in, in your opinion, over the last couple of days? Well, you know, uh, uh, Trump's negotiating posture is, you know, to kind of throw – um, some bombs out there, you know, uh, really shake things up. Well, and he likes to carry the the biggest, baddest baseball bat you can find out there and knock it he, over your head. It would see. Yeah, he's got it. He That's definitely carries a big stack. So, do you think it's you know, more he's, tactics? He's the president here? of the United States. He certainly carries some weight here. But I think that you know we saw with the. Uh, you know, uh, exclusion for Canada and Mexico that he's willing to, you know, 
uh, be a little bit posture, flexible right. and malleable in terms of what he wants to do. I think he's trying to get, you know, people to negotiate in good faith, create fair trade practices. And I just think this is the way he goes about it. You know, he's got his own uh, style of negotiating. And, and that must be you tough know, kind of upsets the apple cart a yeah, little bit. Must be kind tough of for his, feathers. Must be tough for his uh, advisors. You know, Cohen, you know, left this week. Do you think that leaves an impact? I don't really think Gary Cohen uh, leaving is going to be uh, that big an impact. I think the market likes to freak out on every news uh, tidbit, and uh, you know the media tends to portray these things negatively. He's actually there for 14 months. He accomplished some fabulous things during his tenure, and you know I, he had a lot of disagreements with the president and and some of the policies, especially on trade here, and so he decided to you know. Um, uh, resign. Well, and, and he doesn't, you know, it's Trump, not like he Trump's got some other good candidates either. out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Larry Kudlow is, uh, being, uh, uh, talked about for, uh, maybe taking over that Whoa. post. You know, Kudlow was, uh, uh, economic advisor to president Reagan. And we know that president Reagan's economic policy lifted the country out of stagflation and created the best economic recovery and the best stock market results in history. So I think Kudlow might make a good choice. So, and, and so you, you think the Cohen's, you know, it, it, it's, it's a non-issue, you know, Trump's, Trump's really, got the ball re- on this. He's going to continue to kind of wield the, the, the very big bat, big bat and, and try and renegotiate here, but he's not going to overdo it is, is, is what you're thinking is right now. Since he's extended that olive branch to, to Canada and, and Mexico, he's just trying to get more favorable terms here. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you got NAFTA going on and it's, uh, you know, they've been talking about it and talking about it and we've got no agreement yet. And they're talking about, you know, meeting number five and they've only got about uh, 20 percent of the uh, uh, agreement, you know, redrafted. They need to get their act together and move. Yeah. Get this thing, yeah, get this thing on, you know, done. Let's, you know, let's, uh, that's one of the things that Trump likes to see. He's also probably uh, an unbelievably frustrating and intense um you know, well, you uh, president or CEO to work for. Yeah, you got to remember and, this is the and, guy you know, who was to so, step into my office, or you're and you're fired. You know, I mean, hey, fourteen months is a long time when you have that kind of intensity. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you were talking about things things moving along here. You know, are, are buybacks going to uh, you know push this market higher? Absolutely. You know, buybacks on uh, especially down days. You know. Uh, companies use uh, market declines and declines in their stock price to come in and really make bigger uh, purchase commitments on those down days so they can buy their stocks a little cheaper. You know, com- companies are, have already, um, you know, indicated that uh, they're going to buy back $151 billion of uh, stock so far just based on uh, Q4 earnings results being uh, resolved. You know, we we had to get out of earnings season for some of this to happen. You know, I think uh, J.P. Morgan, I read an article earlier in the week, you know, that they came out indicating that, you know, they expect about 300 billion or 800 billion total uh, buybacks this year. I actually think that number's light. I think we're going to get in excess of a trillion dollars of buybacks Whoa. in 2018. And, you know, that's definitely going to support the market. Dang. And if, yep. it, if the market has a 
you know, a, uh, a trend on the negative side, certainly that could lift it positive. If the market starts to cook higher here, it's going to drive the market higher. And 26,000 is just it the could, first it could, stopping yeah, point. Yeah, it's a first stopping point. I mean, over the last, uh, you know, to start the year and the last few months of last year, we were, we were ticking off thousand point, you know, uh, increases, it would seem at a, a record pace. And we were, so maybe we get back to that. Uh, you're thinking here, uh, you know, in the spring, maybe, maybe the, the S and P will spring and, and, uh, you know, spring ahead, spring ahead here in the spring, spring is sprung. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, uh, when we get back here, we're, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, fundamentals, you know, the Dow versus the DAX and, you know, uh, Smid, you know, so underappreciated here. And, and that's what we're going to talk about when we get back. So we'll, we'll be right back at you in a second. WBIG, WBI Tactical LCY Shares, is an active ETF focused on global large-cap high-yield dividend-paying stocks. WBIG aims to manage risk to capital, generate an attractive current yield to help promote compounding, and provide attractive returns and long-term growth of capital. Interested in learning more? Go to WBIShares.com. Yo, and so we're back here at Bull Bear Radio. Hey, follow us on Twitter at Bull Bear Radio. Follow Don uh, on Twitter, WBI CEO, me, WBI President. We're all over LinkedIn. We're, all, we're, we're coming at you with great information all the time. So today, you know, we're going to bring you some more juicy tidbits about, uh, you know, fundamentals across the How globe How to allocate here. your money. Yeah. And let's, let's make sure we put it in the right place. If the market's going to zoom, you want to be, uh, you know, have your money uh, so, allocated so look, appropriately. Right. Yeah. Buybacks should help to lift those big companies. Uh, earnings season's almost over here. 14% rise in earnings this quarter, 7.68% rise, um, you know, for revenue growth here. But really the, the, the big surprise, which we hit, there's more companies reporting yet again this week in the Russell 2000. 35.54% increase in earnings this quarter and revenue so up 9.7%. The Russell 2000 stocks are printing earnings that are twice as strong as the S&P 500 companies. Yeah, and you're talking, you know, uh 20% better uh, revenue growth. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, why aren't people talking about this? It, uh, it blows my mind. It's flabbergasting. Forget about talking about it, man. That's where the put investors your money should be where allocating the, capital. Yeah, put put hey, the greenbacks over there, man. We saw earlier this week that when the major blue chip indexes were going down, the Smith indexes were holding up and we're printing positive days. So that gives you an idea that, Little you know, rotation uh, here trends, your friend, small, Small and mid-cap uh, uh, stocks are starting to get some huge, love from investors. They could get a huge benefit, more money working capital, right, from these tax cuts. Big. 40% more uh, uh, f free cash flow drops to the bottom line because they're paying taxes not at the 35% rate but at the 21% rate. That's a huge windfall for companies. So, look, I get this question all the time. We talk to a lot of advisors and their clients you know, on a week-to-week -week basis, everybody, and you can see this in flows and ETFs too, everybody's talking about, you know, putting money, you know, to work in Europe. Uh, I can understand with a, a trailing 12-month PE uh, of 25, you know, on the S&P that, yeah, maybe we're a little pricey and you want to find some good value. I'd argue U.S. domestic SMID is the place to go. 
And when you take a look at, you know, the Bloomberg Euro 500 stocks, the biggest 500 stocks in Europe, let's take a look at the fundamentals quick. I mean, 31% earnings growth would seem pretty darn good. Revenue growth is 5%. So a significant haircut to both the S&P revenue growth and to Russell 2000 growth. It's basically half what Russell 2000 is doing at the moment. Right. Well, we got S&P revenue growth of 7.6. And I think you indicated that, um, uh, you know, Russell 2000, the Smith stocks are actually sporting a, a revenue growth number that's over 9%. It's 9.7. It's almost 10. So, you know, the, the uh, Eurozone, as we've talked about, is finding it more difficult to get growth. You know, revenue growth, this revenue numbers of 5% is half the growth of uh, U.S. SMIDs and, you know, 50% less than the large cap yeah, companies. And you would so think- if you're investing for yesterday's earnings print, you're making a mistake. You want to look for companies and areas of the world that have fast growth revenue because that's where the earnings are going to show up next. Right. So you want to look at the revenue. It's going to you know, speak to uh, where you should put your money because that's where the earnings are going to be in the future. So, And, and anyway, the, the, the Euro 500 is going to have a capitalization side that probably straddles the S&P and the Russell. So you would think there would be a little bit more revenue growth here if you know the Eurozone was hot. But look, let's compare you know, what's a, Don, what's the strongest economy in Europe over the last, you know, uh, since the recovery began? Germany. It's Germany, man. Germany's been a le- the strongest uh, economy in Europe for the last three so, or four decades. So, look, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to tee this up for you on a silver platter. The Dow has 30 stocks, the DAX, 29 stocks. Uh, apples to apples comparison. Um, Earnings growth for the Dow, 10%, 10.17%. The DAX, 22.02%. You would think from the earnings growth, man, Germany's the place to go. But hold on, not so fast, my friend. Stealing that one from Lee Corso, man. The Dow, revenue growth of 6.93%. The DAX, 2.18%. I think they got themselves a revenue growth problem, my friend. What do you think? I do think so, you know, and I think that the earnings numbers in uh, uh, Germany are probably higher quality than the earnings number in the U.S. because we just had a tax act that is giving us adjusted or increased earnings for large and SMID stocks. But the revenue number is the one that I I, I tell people to focus on. So 2% revenue growth versus, you know, a uh, 6% revenue growth. 6.93, it's almost 7, by the way. Okay, so we got, you know, I mean, triple, triple. It's a solid triple. So, you know, I, I, for my money, I'm looking for where companies are continuing to grow so that they can print good quality earnings in the next quarter, because that's what's going to influence stock prices the most from a fundamental standpoint. Yeah. So, you know, it would really seem that uh, Russell 2000, based on following the fundamentals, you follow the fundamentals, Don. Is it? Wouldn't you think Smid is is the place to be? I, I like the Smid stocks. I like them all day long. But you know what you're really talking about is buy American stocks, baby. Yeah, it's just buy America. 
and by 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 Russell two thousand, you know, because because that's the way to go. And by the way, you don't. Oh, need I like to, I like you large caps to, too, man. You're forgetting about that repatriation yeah, bonanza and well, that huge buybacks that's coming. Yeah, you know, smaller companies don't tend to do the big buybacks. Well, the thing is, we're talking about averages here. You can find companies in both these index indexes that are doing better. And could produce higher returns. They're doing more of the buybacks. They have better fundamentals. These are things to take into consideration when you're buying, right, Don? Absolutely. You should you know, just buy some the, the index, Some of the right? tailwinds that are in the U.S. market currently for this year are amazing. And, you know, if you take a trillion – always follow the capital. If you take a trillion dollars of capital and you throw it into the U.S. large-cap marketplace – principally and you use it to buy stocks you are going to move those prices yeah well you know the buybacks of like 13 14 you know 15 etc those were those were bigger years than what uh, jp morgan was talking about you know so they're they're you know more in line with what you're talking about there was no tax cut uh, there wasn't this surplus of capital that can just push right into buybacks and dividend increases and things like that that really are exciting for investors and stocks. I mean, you, you even have people talking about bonds still, which is mind boggling to me. I mean, some of the inflows into, you know, uh, over just over the last couple of weeks into bonds and, and bond ETFs look, you know, like, are you really doing that? Well, listen, you know, one of the things Seriously? that comes with all this uh, capital, about it so far, we, we're expecting maybe a trillion dollars to end up in buybacks. Now, buybacks, for most people, myself included, I don't, it's a form of financial engineering. It has a short term effect on stock price, and I really don't like it. I'd, I'd rather see companies return the money to shareholders in a different fashion through dividend dividend increases. Yeah, or reinvest in companies the business, are doing, right? Right? Yep. So you also have a big tailwind on U.S. dividend growth rates, right? Yep. You don't have the same thing outside the US in Europe as an and, example. And look, you don't have this extra capital to deploy that hasn't been deployed because it's been held offshore dormant for the last, you know, 5 or 10 years. So I mean, these are huge opportunities and companies haven't really made big announcements yet. I think as we get through, you know, the spring and into the summer months, you're going to see you know, more and more companies piling on in terms of dividend increases and buybacks, and it's going to move the stock market. Yeah. So, guys, if you're at home here, you're listening to Bull Bear Radio, you're drinking your coffee here, which you should be doing, uh, in our opinion. Um, do a little research after you get done uh, the show here. Uh, Google uh, Ned Davis Research Dividend Growers. I think you'll find uh, it illuminating where you might want to, you know, put your money if, uh, you, you know, uh, you want your capital to grow efficiently, um, you know, or, you know, read Don's book all about dividend investing. It's out on McGraw Hill. I think you can get it electronically these days. You can Amazon Prime it and some drone will drop it from the sky on your porch, you know, so, um, you know, check it out. Check it out. Right. Yeah. We also have, you know, uh, 12 uh, dividend-based ETFs, you know, we've got a high-dividend smart beta ETF uh, that we rolled out about a year or so ago, year and a half ago, and we've got a whole um, uh, menu of dividend-paying ETFs that, you know, you may want to consider here at WBI, so take a look.
Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, that's bull bear radio for this week, guys. Uh, you know, thanks for joining us, you know, uh, check us out on iTunes, Google play. We're all over the place. SoundCloud, uh, any, anywhere where you, you want to listen to something, you, you can listen onto it, your phone, your computer. I mean, we're just listen you know, and pass it along to your friends. We love trying to help uh, you guys out here and give you some great ideas to uh, to put your money to work. So thanks for hey joining man, us. If you want some bull bear blend, don't forget, Twitter us, and we'll try to get some uh, bull bear blend coffee uh, your Don, way. Don, I think, I think it's a tweet, man. You're supposed to tweet us, not Twitter us. Hey. Tweet. Tweet. Ever. Tweet. Tweet at Bull Bear Radio. Tweet, tweet, tweet. And, <laughs> and let us know you're listening. And if you're listening coffee's on us next time you're you're listening uh thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon and uh we'll see you back here next week this is bull bear radio where each week you can count on our real market news and advice catch all of our podcast episodes at wbiinvestments.com Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time and there is always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A of Form ADV, a copy of which is available upon request. An investment in the fund is subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Investments in fixed income involve risk and may be adversely impacted when interest rates fall because the fund may be exposed directly or indirectly to lower yielding bonds. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For prospectus and summary prospectus, visit WBIShares.com or call 1-800-772-5810. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Foresight Fund Services Distributor.